World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, I had a wild and woolly weekend, I guess you would say. Great to be back here on the, what is it, 17th day of October 2022, not making another one. Never, ever be this day ever again in the history of the world. Bible tells us to run with patience today. The race is just set before us with Christ as the author and the finisher of our faith. It's pretty good to know that he finishes it, doesn't it? In fact, when he hung on the cross, that's what he said. It's the last thing he said. Well, I'm a second, next to the last thing he said. He said what? It's finished. It's finished. What was? What was finished? You ever stop and think about that? Anybody, everybody in your uh, little catechism class that you used to go to that I went to throughout my whole life? When I was the only one. Of my, we were all raised Catholic. I was the only one that actually went to catechism because uh, I, was, I was the obedient child, I guess. I went to catechism every Sunday in the Catholic Church. And I couldn't have told you anything about the Bible if you'd have given me a million dollars for every scripture I learned, I couldn't have told you one thing. We never, ever discussed anything, ever, anything about the Bible. And uh, uh, so this whole idea of spiritual warfare and everything we've we've led into, you know, I knew I was a sinner, yada, 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 all that stuff. I, did, I didn't I didn't take captive every thought, exalt itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity, the obedience of Christ. What? what are you talking about? I didn't know any of that stuff. Didn't know any of it at all. And went through my whole life like that till came face to face with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he touched me and radically changed me. And I cannot, for the life of me, I wish I could explain to you what happened to me, but I don't really know what it was. I just went from being that guy to this guy. I, I it was a, it was a it was a slow process, but I I, I uh, jokingly tell people that it did for me what a phone booth did for Clark Kent. When I met Jesus Christ, I I, I was in a phone booth, and I came out, and I was an entirely different guy. And I knew it. The next morning after I received Christ, after that indwelling of the Holy Spirit came on me, I'm, I'm telling you, I got up the next morning, and I, I, you talk about being a sojourner, stranger in a strange land, that was me. But I didn't know what I was dealing with. And I can remember that very next day. going to. I used to sit with my buddies to eat lunch. I was at Heath High School. And I, used to, I remember sitting down with my, my buddies trying to explain what had happened to me. And they didn't get it. I mean, one of them was born again, so he, he sort of got it. But nobody got it. Nobody got it. And uh, shortly after that, I was like in, uh, I, I don't even know how to explain it to you. I had to get, I had to get a new job. I had to get a new job. And uh, I, I had to get away from, we have this problem, all of us. Everywhere you go, you go. Everywhere you go, you take you with you. Have you noticed that? All the things that you've done in the past and that reputation of who you were. And I was always, uh, uh, they called me Dobby when I was in college. I was always fun-loving Dobby. Uh, you know, I was, I was the chief drinker. I was, I was all that stuff, you know. And I was moral. I thought I was moral. I mean, if you'd ask me, if you'd ask me if I was a Christian, I think I'd have said, yeah. If you asked me if I believed in God, I think you'd have said, you'd have said yeah. But I was clearly one of those guys that the Bible says, uh, Jesus looked at said, uh, uh, get, get out of here. I don't even know who you are. Who are you? That was me for, for 30, 35 years. Didn't even know who he I, I didn't know you could know who he I didn't know that. And so I met him, or he met me that night, and I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know what to do with it. And I got to tell you this testimony because I'm in it, because it might encourage somebody out there. Uh, I I went home. I told I told Michelle I got to get into this. My Heath, where that's where I grew. That's where I am now. Kind of where I am right now. It's where I grew up. I was a living sports legend here. 
as a three sport star in this local this little county that I'm in. I was all county and everything. I was I was I was now the coach at Heath High School and all, all of that stuff, all that stuff, right? And when I got born again, I said, I got I gotta get out of here. I gotta get away from that guy, meaning me. I gotta get away from that guy. I'm not that anyway. I don't want to go get drunk anymore. I don't want to go tell dirty stories. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that anymore. And it was always around me. Anybody say amen? And so I, I prayed. Amen. That. Amen. I didn't even know what I mean. I just said, Lord, I got, I got, I need a new job. I didn't need a new job for, uh, for uh, professional advancement. Although that's always good, right? I didn't need a new job for professional advancement. I needed a new job to get away from me, <laughs> from who I had been my whole life. And I remember specifically, I was driving down the road. I'd been praying and said, Lord, I don't even know how to pray, you know. Yeah, I, we think we do. We don't even know. How to, so, uh, I won't go there. I was driving down the road, and I just prayed, Lord, I need a new job. And I wrote the vision down. I've told you that, guys, that in Habakkuk 2. I don't know if I still have it in my Bible, but I wrote it down because I heard I heard that. Write the vision. Make it plain. The ones that read it. Make. Go. Can you go there real quick, John Habakkuk? I haven't forgotten you, Myra. Hang in there with you. Habakkuk 2. I've shared this with you guys before. And I would just encourage you to do that. Because I heard this and then I wrote it down. I heard it in church. It says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower. And I will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. So Habakkuk said, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to lock myself up on that tower. And I'm going to call out the Lord. Say, hey, dude. Where are you, dude? What are you up to, dude? Habakkuk said, I'm going to go do that. And he said, I'm going to see uh, what his answer is going to be when he speaks to me, when I'm reproved. And the Lord said unto me, write the vision. Write the vision. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Perish doesn't mean die. Perish means run around like a wild stallion out of control. From this job to this job to this 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 to this. Where there is no vision, if you don't know when you're where you're going, how do you know when you get there? Like Saturday morning, I got up and I immediately pulled out my new cell phone and I typed in the address and I knew where I was going. And I knew how long it was going to take me. And I knew which road to get there. Now, I didn't know what I was going to do when I got there. But I knew the part of the journey was getting there. And so I didn't worry about what I was going to do or what I was going to say. or what. I wasn't worried about any of that because why? The vision was to get there. And then once I got there, then another vision pops in, right? But folks, you got to write the vision down, Clay, and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. If you don't write it down, you're going to forget it. Honey, what was that address again? Where's that church, honey? Yeah, I wrote it down. It was right in front of me. Every time I was wanted to get turned off the wrong way, I knew, no, no, don't turn there. In fact, that, um, that lady saying, and, and two miles, Turn right at St. Route 28. It's constantly telling me on my route, this is where I go. Why? Because I had written the vision down. That's where I'm going. Because all the way along, there's an Arby's, and I want to stop and get a Jamocha shake. And I go a little bit farther, and there's a Wendy's, and I want to stop and get a hamburger. But I can't pull off there. Why? Because I've written the vision. I know where I'm going, and this is going to take – are you anybody picking it up? For the vision, Clay – is yet for an appointed time. For an appointed time. You know, there can't be anything worse than to get someplace and you miss the time. You guys ever done that? Showing up at the wrong place at the wrong time? Huh? Ah, Lord Jesus. Lord, don't let me miss my appointed time. Don't let me miss it. For the vision is yet for an appointment. The Lord has made an appointment. If you write it down, he's made some appointment for you. It's another appointed time. Hey, folks, this is straight from the Holy Spirit. I'm going to share something with you in a second. 
For the vision is yet for an appointed time. And at the end, it shall speak. Not tarry, not lie. It shall speak and not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come. What will? The appointed time. It will surely come. It will, it won't, it will not tarry. It won't. So I, I read that. Uh, 1988, January of 1988. And I wrote it down. And I put it on my refrigerator. And up on the refrigerator, you could read it right now. It's not up there now. But I wrote uh, a new coaching job and a new town where I can have a positive and dramatic impact on the lives of others. That was the vision. I wrote it. I stuck it on the refrigerator. And um, I was driving down the road shortly after I'd done that. And WRFD is a a Christian radio station here in Columbus, Ohio. And I had the Christian radio station on. I don't know why I just did. I I had it on. And I just, I was driving down the road. I I could mark and show you exactly where I was. And I was driving down the road and a commercial comes on. And after the commercial, the weather report comes on. And the guy reading the report said, they always did this. They would say the central Ohio forecast for Newark, they would just pick a town so that you felt like it was your town, right? The central Ohio forecast for Mount Vernon, the central Ohio forecast for Bell Fountain, they always did that. And then they would give the forecast. And I had just finished praying that vision, and I'm driving down the road, and on the radio comes the, um, boy, the central Ohio forecast for London and all of central Ohio is. And I knew at that moment, I was the next football coach at London High School. I hadn't even applied for it. It hadn't even come open. I didn't even know where London was other than one of my good fraternity brothers lived in London, came from London. Other than that, I couldn't tell you anything about it. But when I was, when that came over that, I about wrecked my car. And I went home, I told Michelle, we're going to London. She thought England. (laughs) She thought England. And there was no reason why I would ever get that job. I mean, there's no reason why. And I went in and I went through the interview and I was done with the interview and I knew I had, they didn't say anything. I knew I I had the job. Why? Because the vision is yet for a point in time. Terry waits on it. And so I look back at all that, and we got really, really good, and we won a lot of football games, and that's what I thought it was all about because I was going to a name it, claim it, Evangelifish Church. They said that's what happens, right? That less gone in and less gone out, less work in your hands. I, I, folks, I can say all those. I know every one of those prosperity gospel verses. I know them all. <laughs> I know them all. Like it's some formula, right? <laughs> oh, Lord. And, uh, can I, I, this is important. Let me let me continue with this because this is for somebody I don't know who it is. <clears throat> and we went to London and we got really really good. And we got re- blessing was all over everything that I did. We got really really good. And I was sharing my testimony and I mean it, we got really good. And then I got a call from a school up in Cleveland, Ohio, Lindhurst Lindhurst Brush High School, one of the wealthiest school districts. Very very I found out later. Very very. Uh, Jewish, not that that matters, but it's like Bexley, Ohio, and here and all. It's a it's a Jewish community. They called me and invited. They wanted me to come up for an interview. They didn't do open interviews. They called me. How that happened, I don't know. I don't know. So Michelle jump in our car and we drive up to Cleveland, up to Lindhurst Brush. It's gone somewhere. Stay with me. And uh, our children are just going into high school, and they had the like the nicest schools smartest kids in the world. Everybody at Brush High School went to Harvard or Yale. Or, I mean, it was just, so I'm thinking, golly, you know, what a great opportunity for my children. And dare I tell you, doubled my teaching salary. Double. Wow. Because it was a very wealthy community. <clears throat> so I went up there and Michelle and I, we went, we went through a real brief interview and uh, it took us out to eat. And I'll never forget as I chuckle about this. We had calamari. <laughs> I, I didn't even know what I, I didn't even know what it was, 
but they take me out wine. And now Michelle loves calamari. Dale, when I found out what a calamari was, I, I wish I'd had a hamburger. <laughs> but uh, uh, calamari is uh, is a squid. Well, Michelle loved her squid, and she ate her squid. And so uh, when the interview was over, I knew I, I knew I had it. I, I mean, they told me we'd love for you to come and be our coach. And I'm thinking, uh, wow, all that money, man. Can I bring Coach Norm with me? Can I bring a couple of my assistants? Oh, yeah, yeah, you can bring them. Oh, man, I didn't ask Norm if he wanted to go. Man, we're going to go up here because why? Solomon said, I am great. We're going to go up here and turn the world upside down up here at Brush High School. And so we got home. And the next morning, uh, back when Michelle and I were still in love, we went for a walk. And uh, we were walking down the street, pondering this great move. Folks, I was, top, I was at the top of the field, man. This before being sued by the ACLU and all that stuff. We were winning and winning and winning. I was, I was number one with a bullet, as they used to say, on the coaching profession. I was going to be the next Woody Hayes, in my mind. And we're walking down. I could show you where we were. We were walking down the sidewalk and holding hands and just kind of talking to each other and say what we're going to do and the plans. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, it was like the Holy Spirit set up a speaker in front of me on the sidewalk. And the Holy Spirit said to me, can you be bought? Hmm. I said, what? He didn't say it again because he knew it hurt him. He didn't say anything to Michelle for a while. And we walked a little bit longer. And later that evening, I said, honey, we're not, we're not going to go. We're not going to go to Brest. The Lord called us here to London. and We're going to stay here at London. And another opportunity comes, we'll, we'll take it. She was okay with it because we didn't really I want to uproot and go anyway and all that stuff. And I often look back to that moment of what the Lord, how, how do I say this? What he saved me from or what he saved me to? Because if I had gone to Brush High School, I wouldn't be Coach Dave Live today. You guys, you guys understand that? You understand the significance of that? See, if I'd, if I'd have gone to Brush High School, I wouldn't have got sued by the ACLU and all that. Yeah, all the stuff that I've gone through from that point, and it came down to two things. Did you write the vision down, and can you be bought? What is it in your life when you're looking for right now, whatever your age is, what is it you're looking for? Because if you don't know what you're looking for, you are going to bite, whether it be calamari or a hamburger. You're going to bite whatever they put in front of your face. So I want to encourage you today. Write it down. Write it down. Why? So the one who reads it can run with it. For the vision is yet for an aborted time. But at the end, at the end, it shall speak. Not lie. Though it tears, you wait for it. Because it will surely come. If it's from the Lord, it will not tarry. You get it, friends? So uh, there's nothing worse. Well, it's all over me this morning. There's nothing worse for a, for a godly man or woman to do than to be walking a path that's not ordained by the Lord. Misery, 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 misery. You have to be careful. Last night, I wasn't going to share this, but I, I'm, I want, I'm just trying to encourage you this morning, okay? We had a wonderful weekend. I'll get to it. Maya, I'll get to your prayer, and we'll get to it here in a second. About 1.15 last night, I was, I was uh, awakened, not startled awakened, but awakened. And uh, I couldn't, it was an uneasiness. And I couldn't go back to sleep. And it was uneasy. And then, you know, just sometimes you pound them on the pillow, doing whatever you can to go back to sleep. And all of a sudden, I realized 
my sheep hear my voice. And I said, oh, my goodness. The Holy Spirit's trying to wake me. I'm thinking it's the devil. I'm thinking it's something, some demon that's come to disturb my sleep. It was the Holy Spirit just just happened to me. Hey, 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 hey. And I was mad because I couldn't go back to sleep. And then all of a sudden I thought, oh, my Lord. It was his voice. He said, get up. And when he said that, I knew what to do. I got up about 1.15. I got up and I went out and I uh, sat in my chair where I always, a recliner. I sat in my recliner where I do all my show prep and everything. I sat down there. And I don't want to shock all of you out there. But the most unbelievable utterance came out of my mouth. Otherworldly utterance came up out of the depth of my belly for about 15 minutes. Uncontrollable. Now, you can laugh all you want to. All of you don't believe in tongue talking and all that stuff. I'm telling you something. And this thing came up out of me, out of the depth of my belly. Spiritual warfare, folks. Amen, coach. The Holy Spirit was tapping me saying, dude, you better wake up. You better wake up because I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit tell me, there are forces arrayed against you. You better wake up. I went to war. And after about 15 minutes, there wasn't anything to be said. I read Psalm 91. Wasn't anything to be said. I didn't continue to babble. It's a prayer language. It's not giving a tongue. And boom, I slept like a baby. So I share that with you, not for any reason than to let you know that the steps of a righteous man have been ordered by the Lord and he delights in your way. And that he is ever present, ever present. I don't know why he woke me up. I don't know, I don't know what the weapon that was formed against me was, but I know that Psalm 91 says that no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. And every tongue that rises in judgment against me is going to be condemned. This is the heritage of the Lord. I, I prayed that. I prayed in this, this utterance. I, And I just want you to know, I know right now that the Lord has my back. Now, time out. I don't even know what that means. Because when the Lord has your back, that doesn't necessarily mean you're heading into Hamburg territory. It could be you're heading into pork chop territory. You could be the pork pork chop, right? But I know today, I'm, I'm confident of this very thing, as my old Catholic faith used to say. I'm confident of this one thing, that he who's begun a good work in me is going to complete it. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? As I get up here this morning, whatever tomorrow holds, I know he ordered it. Amen. I know he planned it. I know, I know that he did. Yea, though I walk in the shadow, uh, yea, though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy is going to follow me all the days of my life. And remember, I've told you this before. Goodness and mercy following you means what is left after you've come through. When you dig a path, when you cut a, a path through brush, Cut down weeds. It's easy for those who follow you. Goodness and mercy follows you all the days of your life. And I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Man. Okay, I'm done. Needed to share that. Feel better. Uh, Praise the Lord. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, 
Holy Ghost. I don't care about Joe Biden, the FBI, the CIA, the DIA, the PIA, and the HIA. I don't care about any of it. I'm a soldier of the cross. The very steps have been ordered by him. He delights in my way. And there's a way that seemeth right to a man, but it's the wrong way to go. Huh? It's right. Huh? No, no, no. If you're out there, if you're operating off, off uh, the directions of men, you better be careful. You better be very, very careful. Because those temptations are very, 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 very strong, very, very evil. Myra, praise him. Yes, Coach, I will do so. Thank you for your testimony. The reading today will be from 2 Corinthians 12. 8 through 11. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 11. And he says, let's, let's try that. There it is. For this thing besought the Lord thrice, and it might. No, 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 no. Thrice. Three times. For this thing, I asked the Lord three times. And it might depart from me. Uh Uh-oh, I asked the Lord three times. Three times, Lord, take this away from me. Would you take this away from me, Lord? Three different times. I don't want to deal with this, Lord. You take it away from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. In other words, I'd rather my way because it ain't going to find anything in me. Let the trouble come to me, Lord, not to my kids, not to my grandkids. Let it come on me because why? Christ rests upon me and ain't going to find any toehold in me. Go ahead. Yes. Therefore, I take pressure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, in distress. For For Christ's sake. Not my sake. Not something I did to my, cost it on my own, right? Not that I went out and bought a boat and then had money problems because I bought a boat. That's not the same. Okay? No, no, no. In distresses for Christ's sake. For his sake, when I get pummeled for his sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to Coach Dave Haddle, and we open our hearts to you. I release the anointing that breaks the power of evil. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. I had a great weekend. If you would pull up that picture real quick, uh, Spencer. Uh, that's me sitting on the front row and old Tom Renz, the old attorney, Tom Renz. You know, I ask myself this all the time. It goes back to my vision. All right. It goes back to writing my vision down. What the heck am I doing sitting beside Tom Renz? Now, you know what Tom Renz would say? What the heck am I doing sitting beside Coach Dave? And then what the heck am I doing sitting with Judy Mikevitz? Are you kidding me? Judah Mikevitz, that warrior, yeah, yeah. She texted me this yesterday. Yesterday, she's still in town. I think. I I love you, Coach Dave. Lord, are you kidding? See, if I had gone to Brush High School, none of this would have happened. <laughs> you get it? You get it? And here's one. Of, here's one of the things I struggle with here on the show. Every one of these guys. Mr. Shoemaker on the far right side there, the blue tie. What a story he has about uh, vaccinated autism on his son and how they rescued his son out of it. What an unbelievable story. And I struggle every day when I come down there. Do you want to hear from him? Or do you want to hear me yap? You want to hear from, uh, do you want to hear from Judy Mikovits or do you want to hear me yap? Do you want me to hear from Tracy Strube? Sitting right there in the middle, former Wiccan. You want to hear what I say? Want Tom Renz? Want the pastors in the back? So I just, 
I'm just grateful. I don't I don't know how I got here. I don't know why I'm here. But I'm honored to be here. And this one thing I do, I press on. I press on to the high calling. Amen. Pull the schedule up real quick. God, I got a lot today. Again. Michigan, going to Michigan this weekend. God bless Dave up there getting that thing organized for us. Chadley's going to come in. And uh, if anybody's up in that Michigan area, we'd love to have you come and join us. It's it's all day. Uh, I don't know. Can we click on it? Does it have much information for us? And uh, golly, time is, time's, there, there it is. St. Clair's Fair, Good Ales, Good Ales, Michigan. We're going to be up there Saturday, October 22nd, 1 p.m. at the fairgrounds. Love to be up there. Looking forward to spending some time. Anybody wants to join us, come and come. All the information's there, right there. It's not just me. It's, Dave was able to get me in there as part of one of the speaking groups. Because they're starting a salt and light brigade up there. So that's that's another thing. Uh, and then next weekend, Bobby's having a in back in PA spiritual huddle crushing hell's weekend. It's holiday weekend. So that that's available next week, October 20th through the 30th. If you guys would love to come, all the information's there. Um can I add a piece you. of information to that, Coach? Sure, Bobby. Sure. Yeah, Crushing Hell's Weekend. We uh, got a hotel available at a reduced rate. Uh, maybe some rooms are still open. Call call that. We need some donations to help fund it. So go there and uh, feel free to register, do the hotel, and donate. And let's crush Hell's Weekend. Amen. It's over holiday weekend. I, I haven't done a Halloween show. I need to do, do one. Friends, don't let your kids participate in Halloween. That's really hard, man. I know it's really hard. Everybody's got, everybody's got goose and go- goblins, ghosts and goblins. Just think about that, right? You wonder why your kids are scared. Something's under their bed. Uh, but it's a it's a high holiday for the evil side. And uh, what do we do? We call it. Uh, we don't call it uh, Halloween. What do we call it in our churches and bring it into our churches? Oh, I can't remember. Trunk or treat. Trunk or treat. That's yeah, we call it. Yeah, we call it. What do we call it, Michelle? You don't know. We, we Christianize Halloween, bring it into our churches. Shame on us. Shame on us. Hey, by the way, uh, Spencer, I, I don't know if it's up there yet. Click on event. Click on event. <clears throat> because uh, we're going to have posted on our website. It says uh, next next to the fourth from the bottom, it says event. On my on my. Email sent you. God wins, folks. Uh, you can go there on uh, get this link. Maybe put this link in the chat, and it'll have uh, four five hours of speakers. It was it was it was uh, it's fabulous. It's fabulous. And Judy Mikovitz used so many words that I don't even know what the heck they were, but they sounded impressive. Dave Scarlett. I'm gonna have to have Dave Scarlett on. He's a warrior. Pastor Moss, all, all I'm uh, going to have all these folks on. Anyway, I'm kind of I'm kind of rambling because I'm trying to think where to go next. Coach, what would you have me do? Okay, I'll, I'll do that, Lord. Go to uh, plan to win because <clears throat> this has really been heavy on my heart. I'm going to open it up. Let you all jump in here in a second. We don't have a plan. I've been saying that forever and ever. Plan to win. I came across this on Lou Rockwell today. Hey, Spence, uh, scroll all the way down, and there's going to be ten things, eight things, eight things. This is all worth. It. They're right there. There you go. This is all worth reading. But uh, I, I just think this is really, really important. Do we really want to win? Do we as Christians really, really want to win? Here's a ten-step plan. We'll put this in the chat for you as well. Number one, this. If we want to try to write. The ship, America. These are some things that we're going to have to do. I can, I can understand why nobody would vote for. I can understand why people wouldn't vote for a Republican. I can, I can understand. I can't understand why anybody would vote for a Democrat. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. It's, it's it's baffling to me how anybody. The Cleveland Plain Dealer. The Cleveland Plain Dealer. You say, what's that? Well, it's one of the largest newspapers in, in Ohio. They just endorsed, uh, what's his name? Tim, one of the guy running for Senate. Tim, doesn't matter. And the whole entire endorsement 
talks about Trump. <laughs> he didn't talk about J.D. Vance, who's running against him. The entire endorsement by the Cleveland Plain Deal. See if you can pull that up real quick, Spence. This is important. Cleveland, Tim Ryan, Coach. Tim Ryan. Tim Ryan. Cleveland Plain Dealer. Just see if you can pull that up there real quick. Cleveland Plain Dealer. I'm going to show you this, okay? You say, well, Coach, I don't live in Ohio. I know. It's not about that. I'm going to show you the media work again. Cleveland Plain Dealer. That's it. Pulled up. Uh, Cleveland.com. Hey, Cleveland.com. That's what it is. Cleveland.com. Okay, there it is. Uh, where does it say? Uh, no, no, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, that, whoa, did we go by it? Their endorsement of Tim, whatever his name is. Oh, I'm sorry. This has popped on my head. It's terrible for me not to have it up there for you. How many? Their endorsement was absolutely unbelievable. It's all about. Trump and misinformation and lies. And I mean, no, no, they're talking about lies, 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 misinformation, lies. This is can't vote. Anyway, it's not there. I, I know it's there because I had it the other day. Anyway, coach, what are you talking about? Plan to win. There it is. Tim Ryan for U.S. Senate endorsement. Yep. Yep. Well, this guy's a communist, folks. <laughs> and the plain dealer, they, they talk about Trump and mega. Look at, look at this. Uh, um, 35 states, blah, 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 blah. Vance isn't brought in his first foray. There's not much question as to what the state would get from either of these two candidates. Ryan's is a congressman having voted Democrat virtually his whole life. But Vance, having signed on Donald Trump's big lie, an extremist approach to politics. Hmm? Donald Trump's big lie. Donald Trump's big lie. They go on and on. They just talk about Donald Trump's big lie. Endorse the big lie. It's, it's a, uh, Coach, folks, we're really up, we're up against some stuff here. So where was I? Let's go back to the win. Let's go back to eight steps to win. Slash taxes. We we should demand this of our elected officials. This should be the platform that they're running on. Slash taxes, all taxes, sales, business, profits, et cetera. But especially the most oppressive politically and personally, the income tax. Slash it. We must work towards repeal the income tax and the abolition of the IRS. Hey, folks, why doesn't a politician step forward and say that? Because there's clearly, do you have any idea how many people would be for getting rid of the IRS? Boom. Why don't, why don't, why don't candidates run on that? Something going on in it. Number two, slash welfare. If we're going to save America, slash welfare. Get rid of the underclass rule by abolishing the welfare system. Or, short of abolition, severely cutting and restricting it. We have a permanent underclass on welfare. We know that, right? We know that. Governments become grandpa. Abolish racial or group privileges. Abolish affirmative action. Set aside racial quotas. Hey, Republicans, the blacks aren't voting for you anyway. And point out that the root of such quota is the entire civil rights structure, which tramples on the property rights of every American. When they promote Affirmative action, it's discrimination against you. It's making you pay for something your great, 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 great grandfather did. They call it white privilege, right? And he never did it in the first place. They didn't even do it in the first place. Number four, take back the streets. Crush criminals. (laughs) Amen. And by this, I mean, of course, not white-collar criminals or inside traders. The violent street criminals, robbers, muggers, rapists, murders. Cops must be unleashed and allowed to administer instant punishment, subject, of course, to liability when they are in error. So uh, Republicans used to be the party of law and order, didn't it? Number five, take back the streets. Get rid of the bums. Again, unleash the cops to clear the streets of bums and vagrants. Where will they go? Who cares? Hopefully, they will disappear. That is, move from the ranks of the petted and cosseted bum class to the ranks of the productive members of society. They cut taxes. Why are we paying all the taxes? Can we take care of the bums? They tell us. That's not even true. Abolish the Fed. Somebody say amen. Why doesn't anybody try to do that? Amen. Amen. Abolish the Fed. Attack the banksters. Money and banking are recondit issues, but the realities can be made vivid. 
The Fed is an organized cartel of banksters who are creating inflation, ripping off the public, destroying the savings of the average American. The hundreds of billions of taxpayer handouts to savings and loan banksters will be chicken feed compared to the coming collapse of the commercial banks. The banks are going to collapse. Got to get rid of the Fed. Number seven, America first. By the way, that's MAGA, isn't it? America first. A key point not meant to be seventh in priority. The American economy is not only in recession, it's stagnating. The the average family is worse off now than it was two decades ago. Come home, America. Stop supporting bums abroad. Stop all foreign aid, which is aid to banksters and their bonds and their export industries. Stop globe baloney and let's solve our problems here at home. Can somebody say amen? Isn't that MAGA? Isn't that what MAGA? Amen. How about this one? Number eight, defend family values. Hey, churches. Hey, churches. Two homosexual ain't a family. Boom. Defend home family values, which means get the state out of the family and replace state control with parental control. In the long run, this means ending public schools and replacing them with private schools. But we must realize that voucher and even tax credit schemes are not, despite Milton Friedman, transitional demands on the path to privatized education. Instead, they will make matters worse by fastening government control more totally upon the private schools. Within the sound of alternative is decentralization back to local community neighborhood control of the schools real quickly spencer when was the department of education established it was under jimmy carter 1978 department of education let's see when that was that folks that's in our lifetime that's in my adult lifetime that the government took over education and education has got worse every year since the federal department of education when did it start the department's history down at the bottom. There it is. Make that a little bit bigger. A beginning 1987. Look at my 60s. When did Jimmy Carter? When did Jimmy Carter give us the Department of Education? That's when, in night, October of 1979, Congress passed the Department of Education Organization Act, created by combining offices from federal agencies. The department began operations in May of 1980. And education has gone downhill ever since because in Washington, D.C., there's probably 5,000 employees in the Department of Education who don't do anything except push papers around and indoctrinate. Are you, are you, are you guys with me? Huh? See what's going see what's, what was 1980. Yep. 1980. How, how old am I? Let's see. That's, that's 42 years ago. We've had 42 years of morass. And see, when you say that you want to get rid of the Department of Education, what do they say? Oh, you're anti-education. It's because we don't even, we don't, oh, I got, I got more, man. I got more. One more thing, and then I'm going to open it up to Myra Brett and Southern Mo. Uh, Alex Jones, you know, got hit with $687 million damage for Sandy Hook. Don't, you don't, I was going to play it, but I don't have time to play it. Friends, do you understand in, in one way, it's ridiculous. In another way, we ought to be clapping. What, what is uh, at the heart of Alex Jones' lawsuit that he lost over Sandy Hook? $687 million in damages, I think is what it is. Huh? What? Say it again. $687 million in damages because Alex said it was a hoax, yada, yada, yada. Listen, that matter guilt or innocence, right? Uh, who's lied to us more? CNN or Alex Jones? Boom. Huh? Who's lied to you more? Uh, the Department of Health or Alex Jones? Who's lied to you more? The Department of Education or Alex Jones? Who's lied to you more? The IRS or Alex Jones? Who's lied to you more? The transgenderism movement or Alex Jones? So therefore, if Alex Jones can get damages for telling something that wasn't true, we ought to become millionaires, don't you think? Imagine that. This is a this. But you know that at the heart of all this is they want to shut up Alex Jones' mouth. It's what they're doing to Pastor Bill Dunphy. It's what they want to do to Coach Dave. It's what they're doing to Pete Santilli. 
It's what they're doing to everybody. Shutting up your mouth. And now they're going to do it through lawfare. They're going to say, Coach Dave, you said homosexuality was a sin, and it really hurt the feelings of a lot of homosexuals, and you owe them a million dollars for hurting their feelings. You say, Coach, that's ridiculous. That's where it's gone. Free speech. Free speech. Alex Jones had said something wasn't true, and $687 million later, the other side thinks they got it. Wow, huh? Wow. Yeah, I got more I want to talk about. Come on in, Brett. Brett, Brett White, come on in, then Craig. Hey, good morning, Coach. Good morning, team. Good morning. Hey, uh, Coach, you said uh, we don't have a plan, which is very true. The problem is how do you put a plan together when we're always on the defensive? All we're doing is following what the offense we're trying to we're trying to protect ourselves from what the offense is throwing against us, which is constantly changing. So un- until we go on the offense, I don't see we can have a plan. We can't have a plan. So we got to formulate a plan, right? That's why we talked about Friday with uh, with our two buddies, uh, Landon and Luke. But They're that plan has point. to be an offensive plan, Coach. We, we can't. That's right. We, okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah it's got to be offense. We got to play offense, man. We got to play. By the way, Landon and Luke are on Hagman tonight, I guess. I think if I remember that right, you might want to watch it. So that, that's where I am, Brett. That's where I am. We don't have a plan. Hey, friends, the church has no plan. The church has no plan. The church doesn't have a plan about anything. Do they? Can somebody tell me a plan the church has? So we go up there on Saturday. This wonderful, it's a wonderful conference, wonderful conference. And there are two pastors there, two. And by the way, they're from the same church. And nobody wants to come and hear what Tom Renz has to say. Nobody wants to hear. Well, there, there were maybe 100 people. I shouldn't say nobody. They don't want to come and know that. They don't want to know what Judy Mikovits has to say. They don't want to hear the, the guy talk about his son being, being almost poisoned, dead by vaccines, showing a video of what his son was like before they cleaned him up, got it out of the system. There aren't people in the church dealing with vaccine injury. None of that. Nobody has any autistic children. Nobody, people can't understand why their children are misbehaving. And we're calling it uh, me. I call it demons. What is demons? But what if it's metals and stuff that they've put into these vaccinations for years and years and years and years and years? And different kids react differently from them. Ooh. What if what wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to preach on that, would you? No, you wouldn't want to preach on that. You'd rather send your child to a psychologist, a psychiatrist, or take him to a doctor and let him put him on Ritalin or put him on some type of medication. Not say, no, 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 this poor boy's vaccine injured. He's vaccine injured. We wouldn't want to hear that because we just talk about the gospel here. We just, well, we don't mix the secular and the sacred here. It's, it's like, it's the greatest, in my opinion, it is the greatest deception in the history of Christianity that Christian men, women are not supposed to be involved in the policies of the day. It's, it's, it's the greatest deception ever, ever to come down the road. Craig, come on in. Yeah, coach, it's just me, my opinion. But I think that's one way for the government to be fair is to not do anything for anybody. Bring the draft back. Let every man pay the price for freedom. And, and they can return a lot of treasure, but it'll never happen because they all are surrounded by these special interests. That's right. But I'm right there with you, and God bless you. Because, Craig, here's the truth. It never costs us anything. Once it begins to cost us something, then we'll get involved, maybe. Once it costs Amen. Money, right? Big boom. Nuclear quake on that one. Now, I'm, I'm going to throw this up because this is, this is a, a big one, too. Back when, when uh, we started the Christian Revolution, in our little huddle of inner, inner circle people, I said, listen, this, this vaccine stuff's just temporary. It's just temporary. Let's not put all our eggs into the vaccine. Let's not put all our eggs in the in the. Let's put not all of it, put it into the medical aspect because it's bigger than that. It's broader than that. And here we are two years later and we've moved on in issues now, haven't we? It's not necessarily about that anymore, is it? 
Now it's about free speech. And if we don't understand that the enemy has a battle plan and we don't get out in front of his battle plan, by the way, would you ever win a football game if the other team, come on now, Cleveland Browns against the Patriots. Will the Browns ever win if the Patriots constantly have the ball? And Coach, that's exactly what I was saying. We're always on defense. The, the, yeah. the offense I know that. The offense I know that. Fumbles, but we never recover it. No, no, Brett, we, we give it to them. We, they kick it to us and we hand it to them. Yep. And they say, well, we got a really good defense. So we'll do, you guys just keep trying to score and we'll just keep trying to stop you. How about that? How's that work, right? right? And I've said for years and years and years, why aren't we suing some of these folks? Why aren't we on all? Well, they say, well, coach, Christians don't sue. That's not what it says. Christians don't sue other Christians. The legal system is there for all of us, folks. If I had a billion dollars, I'd I'd have a million lawsuits. That's what I'd be doing. Because, listen, oh, Lord. You know, when David, David knocked down Goliath with a weapon that David was proficient with. If you remember, the king said, hey, here, put on my armor. Put on my armor. Fight the way I usually fight. Use the weapons that I usually weapon, the, the king said. king was scared to go himself, but he said to David, here, you go ahead and put this, put this on. What did David say? Ah, I, I don't, I don't, that's not how I fight. I don't, I don't use that old stuff that you got. David shows up. Goliath laughs and says, what, you come at me with a sling and a stone? <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, so this day I'm going to feed you. Uh, I'm getting the stories backwards. Goliath's laughing at him. David said, uh, uh, I come to you in the name of the Lord. Goliath said, you come to me with a sword and a spear, a spear, and a, uh, whatever, and a stone. David, David said, I come at you in the name of the Lord, whom thou hast defied. And David took the weapon that he was proficient at, and he slung it, and it hit him in the head, and it knocked him down. But he wasn't dead. Boom. And what did David do then? Why, he grabbed Goliath's own sword. Don't miss it. David took the sword that Goliath had used to offensively slice up the little Christians. David pulled that sword, went up there, stood on top of that guy's chest and hacked his stinking head off. And after David hacked his head off, 2 Samuel 17. David picked up his head and carried it down through town. Amen. It sounds like David had a plan. That's what I'm saying. Amen, brother. Coaches froze up. Come on in, Randy. Little David didn't quit till the job was done. Randy, are you there? Yeah, yeah, Clay, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. We got you. Okay, so you know, Clay, I <clears throat> I've been a Christian my whole life, but it wasn't until I met Coach four years ago that I really became, I got on offense. I, I was a defend defensive player. In fact, I I was pretty good, a strong safety at one time in in high school, but but I'm an offense now. So you know, this to me, this resonates. I'm not part of the defensive church. I'm, I'm in, I am the offense because Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, my church will prevail against the gates of hell. See, that's the battle. Who's prevailing? The offensive church, the defensive, whoever is, is losing. If that's So when we decide to go on offense, that's the moment we will start winning. And Brett's exactly right. That's when we're going to win, folks. So you better quit defending and start offending that is that's very important very key yep that's exactly right and uh, Myra yes in regard to taxes Luke 23 2 and they began to accuse him saying we found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to give tribute to Caesar saying that he himself is Christ a king. 
In regard to coach's testimony, we have <clears throat> Romans 13, 6. For because of this, you also pay taxes for rulers and servants of God, devoting themselves to this every, everything. And for it is by grace you have been saved through faith that is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. And that is Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. Hallelujah. Amen to God's word. Come in, Randy. Did you have something else, Randy? No, I forgot to take my hand down. Sorry, guys. Well, David Allison. Good morning, team. Hey, while we're waiting for Coach to get back on, I know I was listening to the program on the drive-in this morning, so I finally got on. Um, I want to encourage people again this uh, this Saturday in Michigan. Coach is going to be here. It's going to be a great time. Uh, the venue, like he he mentioned, he's not the only speaker. We have got Bradley Dean is going to be there. Sons of Liberty, awesome speaker, and some other folks. But if you're in the Michigan area, uh, please come on over and join us. We'd be happy to meet you, see you, and it's great. it's a very great it's a great setting. It's out in the country. The you know it's going to be a great drive. The weather this weekend is looking really good. So uh, I want to encourage, uh, if you're within a couple, three hours, uh, listen, I've driven five hours to hear Coach speak just for a couple of minutes and, and drive back, back on home. It's worth the drive. <laughs> it's worth the drive, man. So come on out. I want to encourage you. And uh, we look forward, to, look forward to seeing everyone. Well, if nobody else is coming in, I'll follow up on a little bit of Coach's testimony that he gave. Uh, you know, I got involved with the Salt and Light Brigade over two years ago and uh i was a christian and i was studying my bible uh and i was all in as far as loving jesus but i wasn't all in as far as following jesus and doing what i was supposed to do uh i was i was being lazy and uh i actually you know three years ago would pretty much sedate myself as a christian i would uh I would, I would, I'd always have some kind of beer or alcohol or something around the house because I was, I had all this nervous energy and I was not using it to do what I was supposed to do. And once I got involved with this salt and light brigade and I, and I started getting in, you know, doing what, doing things with the, uh, uh, all these great men and women, uh, I didn't need that anymore. I didn't have to sedate myself because I had, energy that i was using to serve god and and if you feel yourself that you've got a desire to to walk with god and serve god and follow god and you're not doing it then you might be doing something like that to sedate yourself so i recommend getting involved getting involved and and making a change and and then god will change you jack come on in yeah, just while we're doing this, I just want to put a plug in for um, a book uh, training, uh, Renewing the Mind. Uh, Brenda McInerney, whatever her name is, at face.net. Everything from learning from a biblical perspective is different than just learning from a Christian perspective. And so um, it might help us if, if it's a, not a big book, but she teaches this course and she's a really amazing teacher. Um, it might help us to be able to develop a plan that is from the knowledge and, and instruction written, listened, learned by from a public biblical perspective, biblically learning before we can biblically teach. It's pretty interesting the way she's put that out. I was very impressed with her teaching. Let me jump back in here. Now you know why I want new Internet. What, that's the second time that's happened to me. Quit right at the end. Real quickly, Stephanie. Hey, Spencer, pull up. Uh, sorry, Jack, not to follow through on that. Pull up uh, the Message Bible. Pull it up for me, please. I know uh, Stephanie, I'm sorry, Betty. So check out Habakkuk 2 in the Message so people can understand better. Habakkuk 2 in the Message. What's it say? <clears throat> What's going on? What's going on? 
what's God going to say to my question? I'm braced for the worst. I'll climb to the lookout tower and I'll scan the horizon and I'll wait to see what God says and how he'll answer my complaint. And God answered and said, hey, write this. Write what you see. Write it in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. This vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the becoming. It can hardly wait. And it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, you wait. It's on its way. It's coming right on time. Amen. Randy, jump in here. Yeah, Coach, training horses, you, you don't do anything until you get their mind right. And, Coach, Amen. this is where we're at with this plan. We, we can make plans all day. But, Coach, until we get the mind of an offensive mind strategy yep. and, and become yep. offensive in our actions against the evil, we can talk about all the plans all day. We, got, we have to get our mind right, and then we can go forward, Coach. Ooh. That's what? The meek shall inherit the earth, which the meek are the controlled. It's the picture of that stallion with a bridle on. Remember where there is no vision, the people run around like a wild stallion? Huh? The meek are what? Bridled. I got my mind right, boss. I got my mind right, boss. The bridled. Sorry for the technical problems. We'll get them straightened out. It's all good. We're going to win. See you tomorrow.